I think like that's that's the most beautiful thing about our industry is that like it's literally a, a an industry for humans by humans. You know, so it's the act of being hospitable. You know, that's that's like going back to you know the birth of humanity. All right, we're back for another episode of Hospitable. Hospitable is a podcast focused on discussing the leading challenges facing the hospitality industry and to explore latest trends, tech, things of that nature. Uh, I'm really excited for this one. I know I say that a lot when I do these podcasts, but um, I've heard a lot about you, Richard. Uh, Obviously, you know Case very well. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) um, I've heard some stories. uh, All good, I promise. Really? Yeah. Well, then definitely lies. (laughs) Um, and I love the fact that, uh, you know, we have that Brooklyn connection, um, and, and both of us not being New York, native New Yorkers, we went straight to Brooklyn and we skipped the city phase and we had a good laugh over that. So my, uh, my guest today is, is Richard Walter. Mm -hmm. Is that how you pronounce it? Walter. Um, he's the founder of Muse and I was looking at your bio and I love this. You're an entrepreneur, uh, and recovering hotelier. Yes. Um, talk about that. Your story is really, uh, really unique and you know, now you're developing technology to to help those hotels. But tell me a little about your story. How did you get into this hospitality industry in the first place? Um, well, that was my mother. So she, you know, um, so I'm Czech. I sound very English, but I'm uh, Czech by birth and by everything. And so my mother, um, after the Berlin Wall came down, she was basically starting to develop a lot of projects um, in Czech Republic or in Central Europe. Uh, she was, you know, she's got the entrepreneurial gene of the family. My father was a programmer, mm. I guess, basically kind of electrical engineer slash programmer, because that was what it was basically in the <laughs> 70s and 80s. Um, and then so I was always quite close to to both of those worlds. And then I would spend, you know, my summer holidays essentially being a night receptionist, which is why the first thing that we did with Muse was to kill the night audit. Um, because I hated that and I hated that job. Um, but no, I, I just really, um, yeah, I, I, she asked me to kind of come back from England, help out with a couple of projects. And one of them was this project called the emblem, uh, which kind of became my baby. And I got to kind of foist all of my design ideas of how it should look, how it should run, um, what the staff should do, you know, the, the way that uh, I wanted the whole kind of feel of it to, to be. And I thought, you know, I thought with that at the heart of it and that kind of guest experience, basically at the heart of every single one of those uh, design decisions. And then I thought, okay, well, let's find a system that can actually kind of do this. And I half knew that there was no system that was yeah. that was going to do it. So my idea was always to kind of Trojan horse my my startup <laughs> idea into this. And then uh, that was basically the the birth of Muse. And then, you know. <laughs> like six years of slogging away trying to find product market fit because you know building in pms is the most insanely difficult thing to do um but then yeah uh, i think you know now we're just you know huge we're over five thousand hotels in over 85 different countries um and yeah just growing like hotcakes this year and it just feels great that's amazing and it's kind of funny because when you said you know, you have your mother that's the entrepreneurial brain, but then your father was a as an engineer developer. It's like, okay, there's the there's the process <laughs> side of it, and then there's the crazy side of yeah, it. Like yeah. you've got a little yeah. bit of both. Well, in I your always background. thought that I'd be a writer. You know, really? that was like the thing that I thought that when I was thirteen or so. So I've always more seen myself as an artist rather than a 
um, a manager. Yeah. Uh, my dad was a great manager, and I kind of I was like was like I'm not going to go into that kind of thing. Um, but I'm not sure if I'm a good manager. But like I I think that um, I think generally I uh, I like to to find really great people yeah. uh, that I really really love working with, and then just making sure that that I can support them do the best work of their yeah. lives. I mean, that's kind of the mark of a great leader, right? Hire smarter people to do the job for you and give them the, the, the trust and the support and the tools yeah. to go create. That's what it's easier said than done, you know, because I, I think like it's, it's also, you have to know when to kind of push and when to kind of like stand back. And, uh, you know, I think it's so difficult at the beginning because you're always going to have so many, uh, you know, resource constraints and things like that and you have to find people that just scale themselves really really well um and then you have to figure out like how do i find the right specialists and things like that uh so those are also like skills that you have to acquire as you kind of go through the the, the kind of the crazy growth and i mean it's, like it's kind of the, the <laughs> it's kind of the 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 juxtaposition of being a founder and i and i think you know being a founder is very artistic, right? Because you have so many different ways that you can mold the business mm. with new products, with the way you paint your team or grow your team yeah. or develop your team, um, especially if you're operating, what, 85 plus countries. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about um, cultural differences, yeah. right? And then bringing in people to be able to work those markets yeah. and understand, yeah. which is something I think, you know, here at Omniboost, we're, we're, we're in 70 plus countries as well, kind of following some of trajectory. And, and, you know, we do a lot of partnership stuff together. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really interesting. And I lived in Italy and, and all over. And so, you know, seeing and understanding these different differences and sometimes just even the way you communicate little things yeah. to partners and clients can change. So uh, it's quite interesting to, to see how you do that. And, and with that being said, how have you thought about with, with the global expansion and the global growth? You know, how have you, what do you feel has been part of your, you know, success as you're learning to do this in growing the right team or putting people in, in positions to be successful so that it can scale? Um, I think that there's, that it's a kind of two part answer because on the first side, it's, you know, by virtue of where we started. So we started in, you know, Czech Republic, the market's not really big enough to support a kind of a, a growing company or, or a company that wants to kind of get venture backed and things like that. So, I mean, or at least it wasn't kind of back when I started and, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll still be, a lot of companies even now in this kind of like tough funding environment that come out of uh you know smaller countries as yeah. well um but we've always had that as a kind of guiding principle so we we knew that we were not building it for the market that we're in so i always kind of you know it's uh there's always pros and cons because you kind of you grow up a lot more resilient when you come from a small country and you're always looking outwards yeah. whereas you know if you're for example in america like you know nobody's nobody's in America building for Ohio, you know, the same way that like in Europe, you know, if you're a German, you're building for Germany first, basically, and you've got to figure figure that out first. Um, whereas just here, it's it's easier that you're kind of building for a, for a much more homogenized uh, market. So you can kind of see scale in every single thing that you do. Um, so I think that, especially as a European company, you kind of have to deserve scale first. Um, you have to prove yourself out in kind of, you know, 20 different countries. And then, and then comes the big fish that, you know, you, you want to go over and conquer America. And that's, you know, that's another like 50 or so countries basically yeah. that you then have to kind of try and figure out. So I, I feel like scale is always this thing of, of, you know, how do you do 
the how do you think about the platform how do you think about the thing that you know 20x results can be built on um and whether that's a people problem whether that's a um you know a tech problem whether that's a partnerships problem you know all of those things you have to think about from a really really broad lens mm-hmm. um and then you think about okay well, like what's the shortcuts what what are the things that i can do now that kind of i know are bad they're kind of placeholders but i can scale them a little bit later on and yeah. i think those are the things that, that tend to kind of um you know be be difficult to to think about and i think it's also the same thing if you're a hotelier you know you, yeah. you think about i think most hotels that buy us as a as a system they're mostly kind of growth orientated growth minded people they want to do more you know it's i think the the point about basically how going into an industry where the existing solutions are good enough you know like you buy oracle because nobody's been ever fired for buying oracle you know so you have to go into it with a promise that that there's going to be more that you can basically become more profitable that you can do more things with the technology that you actually have um that you can actually grow your business because of the fact that you're working with great technology and sometimes that comes through you know building greater experiences for your customers sometimes it uh, you know it's because you're going to be able to actually kind of you know talk to your customers more effectively uh you're going to be able to you know get the right value for the rooms that you're selling doing at you know on a you know per minute kind of basis rather than you know once a day kind of um uh you know cycle uh or you're thinking about you know expanding into tools and activities all of these different things but i think that that the first thing is that you've got to have that kind of growth mindset you know in in all the things that you're actually doing and and you know so many people talk about growth mindset right but what do you, like to you what does growth mindset mean i think it's really i think you can kind of do this like really really good exercise which is basically that you kind of go okay this year i did this mm-hmm. And next year, I want to do this, and then you split it up, and like, what are the things that are going to kind of, you know, create that? So sometimes a lot of hoteliers basically will put out a lot of, you know, and I used to do it as well. And you're kind of like, you know, rising tide, um, you know, um, raises all ships. Like you have this approach that a lot of hoteliers have because it's been basically the case for the last, you know, thirty, forty odd years that you know there is more travel. There are more people coming in. So even though we have, you know, more supply or historically in the last 10 years, we've had more supply coming on with Airbnb and all of these different things. It's like it hasn't really dampened in most markets, like the actual demand. You know, in fact, actually, like the pace of demand has really kind of gone on larger. So it's been a normal thing to assume that next year is going to be better than than last year. And that's like a really weird thing. And I think that sometimes hoteliers don't understand just how much like, that just happens, yeah. not because it happens in every other industry, but it happens to us in this industry. Um, and I think the the growth mindset comes from you know being able to pass away like what happens because you're not directly affecting that. So that's like a societal thing. Like people are traveling more, have more, more disposable income. It's easier to travel to places. Basically, you know, post pandemic at least. Um, and generally, you know, people are working more, you know, that whole pleasure thing is like really starting yeah. to kind of catch on. So people are, you know, now traveling and working from hotels, working from their vacations, they're kind of melding all of these different things. People are not just, you know, working from one place uh, anymore. They're, they're kind of coming to see their teams a lot more. And all of these kind of secular 
factors that are that are contributing to you know better better travel outcomes yeah um so i think all of those things are, are really really good but the growth mindset kicks in when you kind of when you go okay fine that's one thing that's like a secular trend um what are the things that i'm going to do to really you know try and actually boost all the other things yeah. so you know it's like i've noticed that a certain type of person is coming how how am i going to replicate that and create 50 more of those yeah. people you know how am i going to make sure that this one type of customer who's come here yesterday you know and spent i don't know like you know 5k yeah on the actual kind of like trip how am i going to replicate that so that's not just one customer every single month but that's 20 customers yeah. basically every single two weeks and i think the growth mindset is is much more about trying to kind of figure out all the ways that you can grow rather than i think what especially hoteliers tend to fixate on is how can i kind of make sure that i can you know keep things the same because so much of what being a hotelier is is trying to kind of you know navigate the chaos and the chaos is usually kind of borne out through from the people i think we have huge problems that we just get so like we have to constantly get people we have to constantly train them we have to constantly kind of show them the ropes we have to basically maintain those standards because the last person who was able to do it really really well well now that this new new person is probably only going to stick around for six months basically but you still have to you know actually kind of make sure that they're doing the right thing yeah and so a lot of it kind of feels like groundhog day and to be able to kind of like lift yourself up from that you know reality of this is the industry and actually adopt that growth mindset is really difficult and it's actually something that you know it, it's always you know it's the, that phrase of you know it's it's really difficult it's, i'm terrible with remembering the quotes but like the it, it's always a challenge to see past the end of your nose yeah you know and i think that 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 is the constant struggle that we have in in hotels that it's just really really difficult to actually do the things that generate growth and generate those types of outcomes you talk about the chaos right and you know i my former life was in recruitment um and i always joke when you, you see these industries uh hotel is one of them right you have people on both sides right people running the front desk and 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 you know giving a high level of service then you have the people coming in so you have people on both sides and people are inherently both crazy. Yeah. So when you have crazy coming in from all different yeah. directions, <laughs> it can be hectic. And, and, and you mentioned this whole leisure trend, right? Business and leisure working from anywhere. That's different when a hotel was set up for business travel yeah. versus the business person who brings their family. Yeah. And you need to be able to have both there. Yeah. So how do, how do you adopt and change? So I love that growth mindset thought yeah. process. And this leads into you know, what your mission is. For me, which I'll, I'll let you say it because you're going to say it more eloquently than me. But I really love the mission and what you're doing with your technology. So why don't you share with us what is the mission of Muse and why did you create technology for the space? So the the mission of Muse is to create transformational solutions for for brands and remarkable experiences for their guests. And we really try and mix the two things together because we think that they're intertwined. You know, it's essentially a, a hotel is not just a room and a guest is not just ADR. You know, and I think that that's Again, getting yourself out of that mindset yeah. is really, really difficult because it, you know, the the room is the main thing that the person's buying basically, and you know, the the room rate is the main economic driver of every single thing that you're going to kind of get. And to get out of how do I optimize for, you know, getting that head in a bed, um, and you know, how do I optimize for basically kind of making sure that 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 money is basically kind of in the bank. 
that's difficult. That's a difficult thing to optimize for, and it's a huge amount of work basically yeah. to to kind of get right. But I think that you know there is so much exponentially that you should be able to do with hotels, with hotel groups, with hotel brands. Like all of these things are so important to do, uh, and they're important to think about. To think about you know how am I going to stay relevant? How am I going to because a lot of the times it's you know I think for the again for the last thirty years it's you know you you build a hotel in a good location and you know demand is something that happens to you yeah um, and you don't think about you know maximizing all of that maximizing the real estate maximizing all of these kind of different things because you know you wake up you know next year and suddenly you get more hotel like more more people are coming to your hotel and you're like wow this is great like it must be a vindication of the fact that I've done something right so why don't i just keep doing the same thing and so our mission is more from you know on the one side on the technology side we really really believe that you can make technology more human you can make technology silent uh we have this concept of user disengagement we don't believe that people in hotels should be staring at a screen and that seems kind of counterintuitive to a lot of people because they're like well, but you know, I need to check them in. I need to do all of these kind of like different things. And when you say technology to most people, they're like, "Oh, kiosks," or you know, they think, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, have to basically talk to a computer, or there's a robot, or there's a hologram," mm-hmm. you know. And that's how people think of technology. Whereas we think of it as like, no, make it silent, make the screen go away, and try and use technology, whether it's you know AI whether it's you know so artificial intelligence uh, to make better decisions basically so that you you don't have to kind of um, you know th- read through huge reams yeah. of uh, profile information basically in order to kind of go okay well I think that this person this is all correct and they're coming from this country and they like these kind of things maybe this is the thing that I should recommend to that person it's just like no the there's a there's a super smart assistant which yeah. basically goes like actually from all of this you know whilst actually kind of working with you talking to you hotelier we we have together thought that this is the next best thing that you should do and then thinking about you know how does the technology serve that up so that's why we believe that you know the user interface should be so unbelievably simple yeah because you should only have to look at the screen for a second. Mm-hmm. It's why, for example, we have such a sparse use of color. You know, when you, for example, like look at a lot of these systems, they kind of look like pride flags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, and the new version of the pride flags, you know, it's just like you have like every single color, every single shape, every single thing. And you're like, what, like, what is the, the most important part of that? And that's why, for example, like in our system, it's mainly black and white and we use color to accent things that you need to action. Uh, And you think about it basically from that perspective. So what we're trying to do is for you to look at a screen for the lowest amount of time possible. Um, And there's, you know, a huge amount of design basically that just goes into that huge amount of neuroscience that goes into it. And we really, really try and, you know, do our best yeah so that everyone can actually kind of really benefit from that and the point about it is is that that happens on the front desk yeah but we're really really trying to do that at every single stage of the hotel so this is why for example like we're launching multi-property products so that 
somebody can look at their entire portfolio of hotels and go, okay, these are the three things that I need to concentrate on today. Um, it's why, for example, you know, we have reports uh, that work on these kinds of different, um, uh, different multi-property lenses so that you can actually kind of like really, really start to see, okay, these are the things that are really going on in the hotel. These are the, these are the factors that are go going to actually kind of move the needle. So for me, it's about user, user disengagement, user kind of being able to trust the technology that it's actually just, you know, a really, really good intern. It's, it's kind of thing. just bringing you like a notification yeah. basically, because a notification is always better than a report. Yeah. You know, if you're having to like read reams of paper to actually see like what the information is behind it, it's just like, you know, that, that's not technology, you know, doing its job. It's just an Excel sheet existing because it's an Excel sheet. Yeah. But you should be thinking about it basically as like, how do I make better decisions because of the technology? How do I make sure that I don't have to interact with the technology and I can actually kind of do my job because my job is not to analyze. Yeah. The computer is going to be better than that. It's actually to kind of do the next best action, yeah. which ultimately should lead to better customer experiences yeah. basically all across. Yeah, you, you make a great point. And like technology is amazing, right? And But it can be distracting. And yeah. we know that with all of us having, you know, cell phones that blow up notifications. I mean, even having an Apple Watch, right? Yeah. And while it's nice to have like the colors and, and, and the, those things that make it beautiful, it's great when the goal is to be on screen. When your goal is to provide a great service, I love that I, that, that that thought of keeping minimalistic and yeah. driving to that and then using technology to help analyze and move things forward yeah. so that you know hotels can do what they do best. And that's yeah. deliver exceptional customer service, make people feel welcome when they walk in. That's why, yeah. you know, sometimes Airbnb is kind of a fun thing to do, but sometimes you just want to go and walk in and know that you're gonna be taken care of. Yep. it's going to be done for you. You're going to feel like you're at home. You get that at service. And then you have a, you have a, a bed to lay your head at, you know, your head on and, and know that you don't have to worry about everything else. Yeah. Especially when you're traveling, if you're in a country you've never been to or yeah. a stressful day, sometimes you yeah. just need that. Yeah. And it's such a, you could tell when you have those experiences because you remember it. It's, yeah. it's memorable. Yeah. And so I love that you talk about technology that, you know, doesn't distract. And that was honestly one of the fun things that I love about the job that I get to do. I mean, here I'm recording a podcast, working for a tech company, uh, getting to talk about the customer experience because, you know, we believe in giving time back to people and, and everyone's like, oh, technology time. You shouldn't use that as a selling point, but it's, it's not just time. Yeah. What we want to give back is we want to allow humans to be their more creative self. Yeah. And, and I think our mission is so aligned on that. And that's why it was so fun when I was reading and, 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 you know, looking at it, I was like, holy shit, this is, you know what I mean? And I think in this industry, it's why this industry is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, not even just hotels, but the whole hospitality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hospitable hospitality yeah. as a whole is such a cool thing, and it's really something that I, I find um, really exciting that there is technology to to grow it and and scale it. And, and you talk about it in a way that the technology is meant to be an assistance and drive it forward, and not something that replaces it because yeah. you don't replace the human element of hospitality. Well, I think like that's, that's the most beautiful thing about our industry is that like, it's literally a, a, an industry for humans by humans, you know? So it's the act of being hospitable, you know, that's, that's like going back to, you know, the birth of humanity. Yeah. yeah? It's essentially, you know, and I don't, I don't want to um, get into like anthropology and things like that, but like the first exchanges of value that you see is 
you know, people from another tribe going to a different tribe, you know, and giving gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this kind of like ritual gift giving that, you know, sometimes really escalate. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the idea that I think most of us have ingrained within us this idea that you you give a gift and by giving that gift, the other party receives the obligation. And I think that that's really an evidence when you think about what you're doing when you're traveling and when you're um, when you're coming to a hotel, you know, you're, you're basically, you're giving the gift of, um, you know, maybe your money, basically your, your presence, your, um, you know, all of those, all of those different things. It might be the data that you're carrying with you, that you're basically giving somebody access to, you know, your life or your, but you expect something in return. You expect basically that somebody to, you know, take that money and give you a great bet. Yeah. You, know, you expect somebody to take that data and create a great experience based on that um you know but to give also give you privacy to also kind of give you dignity to to give you you know a great way a great home for for just the day and i think like those are it's different right if you're mark zuckerberg and you're building something in the in the metaverse basically then your thing is like well how can i make sure that this person doesn't need to eat because they basically like will keep as much of their time on screen and, you know, how do I become, you know, get them to become a gamer who's going to actually kind of stay in that world for like 90% of their day? Yeah. For us, it's like the complete opposite. Yeah. We're basically like, how do we make sure that nobody, yeah, like not just the guest, yeah, that has to like fill out like a really, really like infuriatingly like complicated form, you know, because paper is also an interface. And I yeah. think sometimes hotels forget that. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah. Like paper is not technology because it comes out of a printer. It's like it's also <laughs> technology. It's just like somebody then has to like make, you know, somebody has to read it, somebody has to analyze it, somebody has to like write down all the different kind of things with it. And I think that it should be so much less about those types of experiences and more about the experience of, you know, a guest and a host. Um, you know, like if I could think about my like my perfect hotel i'd basically almost want a one-to-one um you know guest to host ratio (laughs) yeah because everyone's going to be so unique everyone's going to be so different and you know thinking about that kind of business model you know how do you make sure that like you know you have 800 people coming in and you have 800 people to serve them you know thinking about like well you know because we run a lot of these kind of thought experiments where we we think about you know what's the ideal trip or what's the yeah. ideal way to kind of like look after people you know what's the way to scale that what's yeah. the way to kind of uh to actually make it real and you think about all these different kind of permutations it's the same thing of you know what's the ideal check-in and you realize that it's actually not a check-in it's actually a welcome yeah so you think about like what's the nicest welcome and what's the most trusting welcome because most of what you're essentially kind of doing when somebody checks in to a hotel you're basically kind of saying like you know here fill out this like really really difficult like know your customer report basically <laughs> like you know and give me something that holds credit yeah you know so that so that i can trust you to use this service and i can be nice to you um but if you think about that like that would be amazing if that just if that distrust went away you kind of just led with trust and even down to basically thinking about well where does that moment of authentication where person actually is the person that they're saying like doesn't need to happen in the lobby could you just trust that that person has a reason to be there and then 
could you somehow automate it or make it at least silent, basically, that it's happening some somewhere on the background, that the only real place that where you need to kind of authenticate yourself and maybe not even there is probably at the door, Yeah, you know, when you're actually walking in. And so, you know, you think about that whole like Amazon concept of just walk out, you know, just walk in. Yeah. Like you think about like, well, how could we actually facilitate that? How could that be a real thing that, you know, you somehow will know instinctively to go up to room 601 yeah, yeah, and open that door and that's your room and you're like, wow, that's magic. But that's how technology should feel. Yeah. I, you have me so excited and just thinking about, like I was envisioning as you were storytelling what that could look like. And, and it just made me think of one of the worst experiences, one of the best experiences when you walk into a hotel is when you get that warm welcome and it's, it's super smooth and check-ins quick and whatever. The worst experiences are when you get up and there's, you get there, there's a line and everyone's doing their best, but it's yeah, just yeah. a slow slog of a process yeah. to get checked in. Yeah. And it's like, why is there not a better mousetrap? Right. Yeah. Uh, so I love that you, that you share that vision and, and I, I'm excited to see, and, and that's where we wanted to explore where this podcast is going to explore is what does technology, how does it really affect and effect yeah. the growth of the industry? And, and yeah. that was such a beautiful picture of what it can be. I want to kind of switch gears on you as, as we kind of close out, because there are some really cool things that I know are happening in your world where, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you all acquired um, Hotelo recently, mm -hmm. you're fueling North American research. Talk about that journey a little bit. Because uh, you obviously moved to New York. Yep. Three and a half years ago. Four years ago almost now, yeah. Yeah, so so to, you know, obviously you're, you, you moved here and you're really pushing for that. What's that been like in your founder journey? Um, like, I mean, on the Americas, like I'm, I have to be like, you know, I, I feel very truly Eastern European that like, you know, all of us are like pre like preconditioned to love America as soon as we arrive here. <laughs> uh, so I really, really like <laughs> I always find it funny, that, you know, saying that with an, uh, with an English accent. But um, I, I do feel that that's there's something here which is, you know, so growth minded and growth orientated. And it's really, you know, the thing that you find that sometimes is lacking in Europe, uh, but you find it in spades here. You know, everyone's looking for how can I be better? How can I actually grow? Um, and so that's been really, really exciting. I think that it's also um, it's also a challenge because you know trying to actually kind of replicate the success that you've had somewhere else yeah. is is always going to be different. Like yeah. you know, the way that we conquered you know France is not going to be the same way that we conquer America. Um, and, you know, it is the most difficult, challenging, uh, competitive market that there is. Uh, so for me, you know, the, the, the U.S. is just, you know, it's, in, it's an incredible challenge and it's just great to actually kind of be here. And I think the way that we think about growth, um, we think not really about like growth at all costs, but we think about, well, how can we grow? And we think about that process that I outlined before, like what are the levers that we can pull that we can be a better of the thing that we mastered last year, but we then think, okay, well, how can we be even better? What are the new things that we need to do to actually kind of create that better growth? Yeah. You know, what are the new levers? What are the new verticals? What are the new ways that we can kind of, you know, not just do the same, but speak to a different type of customer that maybe gets us a little bit more. Yeah. How can we change the minds of, of you know, the, the customers that, maybe weren't thinking that this is the 
this is the thing that the that was going to enable their growth because they're maybe kind of thinking about it too kind of downstream they're like oh maybe it's a booking engine maybe it's this thing maybe it's we're trying to make the point that it's actually no it's the the platform that kind of enables you to grow that that helps you build basically and then working with other platforms like omniboost you know really thinking about you know how does this you know how does this 10 plus 10 equal 50 you know and thinking about those types of things so I think that, you know, that's where, for example, the idea of of doing some of these acquisitions, basically, you know, utilizing some of the local knowledge that some of these, you know, lo- local players basically might have, yeah. uh, which is, you know, the great Hotelo team. And it's a team that we've really, really admired for a very, very long time. But it's the same thing, you know, it's just when you hire a person, when you're, you know, onboarding a new support person as well, you you kind of want them to make sure that they can they can do things better than already the people that you already have in place. So always thinking about, you know, just how can I add and add this thing that's actually a catalyst for more growth and for more opportunity. That's awesome. And and it does make a difference being in those markets that you serve and and, and spending time and, and really taking the time to grow. And so you did something that I think is really kind of quite interesting. We were talking pre-show. Uh, you know, I introduced you as the founder of Muse, and yeah. at one point it was founder and CEO, which you you've you've given up that title and yeah. hired somebody in. But to be fair, I never held it. Really? No, well, like I like. So I think the the good thing about starting a company is that you don't need to play by the rules. Yeah, because it's it's like starting a new country. You know, like in America, like nobody here was like saying like, oh, we need to do this thing. Like at some point you need to kind of be, you know, people need to know that you're building a PMS yeah. Yeah, because you're like, what are you selling me? Yeah, <laughs> And it's like, well, I'm selling you a tool that helps run your hotel in an executive. Oh, PMS. Right. And you're like, yeah, fine. PMS. Like it's more than that. It's an engine for growth, but they're like, but it's a PMS. Yeah. And I think it, this is the same kind of thing. I think that, you know, as a founder, you think about, you know, when you, you were talking about, you know, how do you, how do you put these things together? I, I've always actually kind of thought about the analogy of building a company to actually a, um, uh, a film producer. Um, and I always, you know, especially those kind of the, the older film producers, basically, that were kind of part producers, part, um, part directors, basically, or if you kind of thought about them as, as kind of creative executives. Yeah. Um, and I always thought that was, you know, you know, when when I think about like great directors like Billy Wilder and all of those basically that, that are able to kind of inject themselves in, in all of the different kind of processes. But you also think about, you know, how can I how can I fund it? How can I make sure that it actually kind of exists and how can I put the right people in place to actually kind of execute on that on that vision? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so th- that was my particular kind of journey. I, I think that I don't feel like I've actually kind of given up any responsibilities that I have for the company. I'm just like really, really cognizant of where my strengths lie and my strengths are not in running day-to-day operations with people, basically. You know, I think it's it's mainly about, you know, thinking about what types of things could I work on with the people that we've hired that are going to 10x the growth. Um, and that's that's what I'm good at, passionate yeah. about. And that's the company that I've built around myself. Well, I love that. I mean, coming back to being an artist, right? That visionary artist, the creative direction. It's it's such a cool 
I'm kind of at a loss. Like it's such a cool way to think about that, right? And and the fact of the matter is, is that you know where you excel in growing the business and and being the visionary as well as selling the business as well as doing this, this, and this. But you also know where to get out of your own way, and that is something I think. You know, having worked with over 500 founders and entrepreneurs in the last few years, really freaking hard to yeah, do, yeah, yeah. right? Especially well, when it's like, your baby, yeah. you're building it, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, but I think that's the thing. Like, you know, it's that, you know, if you want to go fast, like, you know, go yourself. If you want to go far, you know, you've got to do it through others. And I think that that for me is just general mindset that I that I have, mainly because I know that I'm so crap at so many things. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm really bad at so many things. And yeah. I think that that helps me. You know, I, I hate this kind of like founder worship that sometimes people, when they look at companies that they get, that they kind of like look at like, oh, who's the most important person? Well, it's the person who, you know, started it or has the idea. It's like, well, not really, because every single time you you take somebody new, it's it's the same way that, for example, like, you know, when you take an investor and stuff like that, you're you're diluting that one thing you're hopefully making the whole pie bigger and i think that's essentially what happens with with companies basically yeah. so the idea of kind of staying a feudal lord and stuff like that like yeah feudalism like you know and like enlightened dictators and enlightened kind of princes basically like yeah that was that was a good model for how the world worked but democracy is better yeah capitalism is better yeah like the idea of fusing those two things basically and and trying to kind of work it in and then having you know spiky intelligent you know leaders that can take so many of these different parts of um of the organization so that it isn't just about you know you being a man mountain yourself but you can kind of create this this entire crown and entire kind of topography of just great you know forward-bearing kind of um you know, juggernauts basically, and just somehow hope to kind of, you know, be relevant to all of them. Basically, I think those—that's how great things get built. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's you know, it's it's there's a there's a book I uh, I recommend a lot to people, especially founders. Is you know, the hard thing about hard things yeah, yeah. in Horowitz. You know, sometimes the people that were there to take you zero to one aren't the same that take you to, to five or ten, but sometimes they are. Sometimes yeah. you're that person that takes you from zero to one. And then you have to realize I need to step out yeah. so that this can grow. And that that's growth mindset, right? We've yeah. talked to this whole kind of theme of the episode is growth mindset. And how do we use technology for hoteliers to, to, to yeah. grow? Yeah. And then thinking about that as a core DNA of, of who you are is, I mean, Muse has been growing like crazy. I mean, you know, one of the things I was going to say is, you know, I think on your LinkedIn, you have like, we're hiring, have, you know, have you applied yet? Why yeah. have you applied? I think yeah, it's the yeah, question. Yeah. You're like, why haven't you applied yet? Yeah. You know, like it's so cool. And, and, and when you have that vision and, and, and growth mindset and you see the things that are doing it, it just, it's building about a rocket ship, you know, and, and you're taking people to the moon. It's amazing to hear. And so I know that, you know, I could talk to you for, for hours and hours <laughs> and I know that, uh, you got, you got, um, places to be. So I appreciate you stopping by. Um, you know, it's great to have you in New York City. Yeah, no, it's great, to, um, and, it's great to be here. Like, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I would love it. And, and having you in, in, in the office. And, you know, this is Belsham, which is where my journey with Omniboost started, yeah, yeah. Uh, meeting those guys through the Benelux yeah. Catalyst program. So it's kind of, you know, fun to be able to record here and have people in, in you know, local to, to, to talk through. So thank you for being a part of the podcast. We're excited. Um, for our listeners out there, how do they 
how can they get in touch with you? Follow more about your journey. Uh, apply to Muse if you haven't already. Yeah. Uh, where where do they find? Well, you? I think they can apply on www.muse.com. Uh, they can email me at richard at muse.com. Uh, I try and get through my emails every single day, but um, it's incredibly difficult. Um, or they can just ping me on LinkedIn or something like that. Like I, I again try and respond within you know a month or something like that yeah, yeah within a like linkedin time, right? is kind of difficult because you have to kind of go through like all the people that are basically offering you outsourced services and, yeah well i'll make sure to link all that in the show notes so nice. if anybody wants to um, i highly recommend um following along the muse journey is is amazing and and again thank you for being here and it's fun yeah. obviously getting to this is, is not only just, you know, through podcast, but as a partner and getting to interact yeah. with your business and, and, and some of your team is been, amazing. Like you and the news team are just fantastic partners. And, you know, it's one of the main reasons why we started the whole open API, you know, so that we could somehow hope to partner with other people that were, you know, thinking of scale, thinking of ways that they can actually kind of help out customers. Yeah. And we've just been incredibly lucky that, that you guys exist. Oh, I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I have a feeling that there is more, amazing innovation that's going to happen in this space yeah, soon yeah. quicker than people think and i can't wait to be a part of that and, and uh you know hopefully have you back on the pod and and, and some time down the road where we're talking about yeah, some yeah, yeah like well we should probably do it in like you know six months time when there's like you know the world of ai yeah and that's going to be really really cool because i think it you know we're on the second part of that chessboard so things just get much quicker from here on in yeah, yeah. i can't wait richard once again thank Thanks. you my friend appreciate you thank you